The stimulus and recovery plan we are outlining consists of a range of measures, and some of them are financial, some of them are non-financial, that will be implemented immediately to firstly ignite economic activity in our country, and secondly, to restore investor confidence, thirdly, to prevent further job losses, and of course, to create new jobs, and fourthly, to address some urgent challenges that affect the conditions that are faced by a number of vulnerable groups in our country. The fifth measure has to do with uh, the municipal area where we are embarking on a number of interventions as well. So five measures that we will be embarking on. The measures we are announcing give priority to those areas of economic activity that will have the greatest impact on youth, women, as well as small businesses. The stimulus and recovery plan has a number of broad areas. Firstly, the implementation of growth enhancing economic reforms. And secondly, reprioritization of public spending to support job creation. In other words, we are reprioritizing our current budget to focus on the very urgent issues that can have an impact on our current economic situation. Thirdly, we'll be establishing an infrastructure fund, what we call a South Africa infrastructure fund. We'll give details about that in a little while. Fourthly, we'll be addressing urgent and pressing matters in education and in health. And the fifth one will be investing in municipal social infrastructure improvement in the various municipal areas in our country. There are dire needs that need to be addressed with immediate effect. The president says to reduce the cost of doing business, boost exports and make South African industry more competitive. Government has begun a review of various administrative prices, starting with electricity, port and rail tariffs. Now to reduce the cost of doing business and to boost exports and to make South Africa industry more competitive, Government has begun a review of various administrative prices, starting with electricity, ports, and rail tariffs. These have been raised as matters of great concern by a number of players. We are now beginning the process of looking at all these. Within the next few weeks, government will initiate the process for the allocation of high-demand radio spectrum to enable licensing. This will unlock significant value in the telecommunications sector. It will also increase competition, promote investment, and reduce data costs. Lower data costs will also provide relief for poor households, for students, and increase the overall competitiveness of the South African economy. 
Ramaphosa added that Home Affairs is working on a number of visa-related reforms which will make it easier for tourists, business people and academics to come to South Africa. These reforms include immediate changes that were approved by Cabinet to South Africa's visa architecture or regime. Within the next few months, amendments will be made to the regulations on the travel of minors, the list of countries requiring visas to enter South Africa will also be reviewed, and an e-visa pilot will be implemented, and the visa requirements for highly skilled foreigners will also be revised. These measures have a huge potential to boost tourism and to make business travel into our country a lot more conducive for those who want to come to South Africa to conduct business and look after their own investments. Tourism continues to be a great job creator. Through these measures, we are confident that many more tourists will visit South Africa, and South Africa opens its arms to welcome the millions of tourists who will be streaming our way following this architectural reconstruction. And that was uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa announcing the new measures to stimulate the country's economic recovery uh, a short while ago. Let's unpack all of this. And joining us now is the Senior Lecturer of School of Economics and Business Science at the University of the Witwatersrand, Lumkile Mondi. Lumkile, always good to talk to you. Does this sound like NDP 2.0 to you? It is NDP, which is very important, given the fact that President Ramaphosa chaired the National Development Plan. So we're very encouraged um, that, you know, here some board was involved with the commission and now is uh, bringing us back to to the basics where we all work together as South Africans, as partners, uh, towards housing, unemployment and poverty by 2030. Mm. I, I, we were chatting to our business and economics uh, editor, Tandeka Kobule, uh, earlier this morning, and she says it's not quite a stimulus package because of the obvious. There's no tax cuts um, and, 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 you know, there's no effort to, to move the interest rates closer to zero. Well, it is a recovery plan. It's not a stimulus package. A, stimula, a stimulus package... Um, uh, to my first year students will be a huge injection in the economy to try and improve aggregate demand. This is not going to do that in the short term. What it does is that it anchors President Ramaphosa and those around him that the state, as we have known it before President Zuma, is back in business. And the state is committed to a South African agenda that ensures that we work together in uh, ensuring that our constitutional responsibilities of making a better life for all is attained. And in that regard, whether it's the the tourism sector, is the mining sector, as well as the other support measures that he talked to around reducing administrative prices uh, for energy, for transport, um, are lessened so that South Africa becomes attractive as a place of doing business. From an academic point of view, is this the best the president and his economic team could have done in as far as an economic recovery plan is concerned? 
That's the best they could do. Remember that many of us don't trust the ANC government at all. Remember, it is the same government that has hollowed out state institutions. The reason why SOCs uh, are dysfunctional is that it's the very same government. So to, in that, to that extent, then, he needs to create, um, to come up with a recovery plan that brings back the confidence, both from the household side, but also from the business side. So he's done very well as far as that is concerned. Now, the, the next move is whether he's done enough uh, to bring confidence to us that, you know what, this is not the regime that is going to loot our public resources. It's a regime that is going to do good for our constant democracy, ensuring that those that pay the law are brought to book. So in that regard, I think in terms of really bringing back the hope and the confidence in the state, he's doing very, very, very well. The proof is whether this uh, package will be supported broadly by his own party mm. because we know that in, in his own party there are different sentiments as we saw yesterday with two statements being released after the Monetary Policy Committee made a decision. Our political editor Dumasani Hlope picked up on, on, on the issue of language in particular the terminology in this plan. Poverty alleviation has been changed to poverty eradication, job opportunities perhaps job creation uh, changed to job guarantees how important is this? This is important uh, I think for him uh, now uh, in another head as the president of the NC given the fact that just under a year He'll have to go uh, to us and ask us and, 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 and convince us why we should vote the ANC. So we can see already he is taking out some themes that he will use as an, as an election manifesto in the run-up to the 2019 election. So I think in that regard, it sounds very, very, very good. But we know very, very well that the ANC government is very, very good in terms of the plans and the policies, but it's extremely weak in terms of implementation. So whether the NC government will attract skills again into its fall, uh, into its fold, given what, we, what we've seen the past nine years, uh, remains to be seen. So all this uh, remains talk until a capable state is able to affect them and really make a telling a difference to the lives of our people. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I've been chatting to a few international visitors, and we were just chatting candidly about the cost of uh, mobile uh, uh, phones, the cost of vehicles. And Ramaphosa today acknowledged the high cost of even doing business in South Africa, um, with South Africa being one of you know the most expensive countries. Uh, and he says he's been in consultation with the private sector regarding some of their big concerns. Labor cost has highlighted as being quite problematic. Uh, ca- can this see the revision of the labor laws so to cut the high cost of doing uh, business in South Africa? That's not going to talk to uh, the cost uh, of labor. Uh, this talks, uh, firstly, to, to the fact that the salaries between the lowest paid worker and the highest paid CEO is a vast, vast difference when you compare it to the rest of the world. So we need CEOs coming to the party in terms of wage strength. We need also the workers at the bottom to be able to be paid far better. We need not rely on minimum wage for us to improve uh, that cost of living. We need companies really paying workers better. So in that regard, I think that is the aim, because you know that many of our workers at least feel 
about feed, with the salaries that they earn, they feed about four or five family members. The second thing relates to, which was very encouraging, relates to the administrative cost that comes through the energy array and other areas. And these come exactly from the monopoly position of ESCOM as well as Transnet. So whether the, the president is now hinting to some form of restructuring uh, of the energy sector as well as the transport sector, we, we need to watch the space because he might be hinting to that. He didn't say, mm. but he says there are plans of reducing those costs. And I, the only way I can see the plans of reducing costs is bringing competition, meaning that there might be some form of privatization or deregulation that includes uh, deregulating the, the energy sector, the transport sector, so that there is space for the actors to come in and compete with Transnet and ESCOM. Mm. You, you've spoken at length about the administrative costs. Let's focus on this township and rural entrepreneurship fund, which uh, he wants to establish to provide finance to either scale up existing projects or provide startup capital for new projects. How exactly is this going to work? Did he give any details? There's no detail there. Uh, the, the biggest challenge there is the fact that, we you know, we have a mirror in South Africa of uh, development finance institutions. Here in Gauteng, we've got the Gauteng Economic Propeller, uh, we've got uh, the National Empowerment Fund, we've got the Small uh, Enterprise Finance Agency, the IDCs, the DBSAs, etc. There's so much. The biggest challenge for us is entrepreneurship as well as the businesses in South Africa, which are highly concentrated, making it difficult for new entrants to come in. So the competition bill that is in front of the parliament to try and really work harder to open that up the space uh, will go a long way. So if, if, if the, the state is able to come up with that, uh, that, that legislation is passed, we may see a huge difference on what the president is talking about, that at least the access to finance that will come through the DFIs to the township and rural economies will then enable these entrepreneurs to enter these markets, which at the moment are dominated by big firms who use all sorts of forms to build, to build barriers to entry for new entrants who could push the cost down and make South Africa a very vibrant, modern market economy.